Hello and welcome to episode 2 of Stadia Rocks. If like me, you love gaming, but life gets in the way and you just don't have the time to invest that you'd like to, then this podcast and Stadia are perfect for you. Hi, my name is Adam and every week I'll bring you bite-sized news and views from around the Stadiaverse with a casual gamer in mind. With unique rock reviews, I'll assess games currently available on Stadia or coming soon to help you decide what would play best for your busy lifestyle. To begin, in today's episode, I want to touch on who I think Stadia is really for. We'll look at GeForce Now and why I think this is good news for Stadia. And finally, we'll cover a few news items from the past few days and look forward to the coming week. So who is Stadia for? Well, some of our listeners may not be totally familiar with Stadia or cloud gaming, so if you're here to find out what all the fuss is about, Stadia is a cloud gaming platform owned by Google. Cloud gaming simply means that the game exists on a server in a server farm somewhere out in the world, rather than on hardware where you're playing, such as on a PC or a console. And you play your games across the internet rather than in the same room. At no time does the game ever leave that server. You're literally playing on a video rendition of what's on a computer hundreds, maybe even thousands of miles away. For busy people like you and me who really don't have time to wait for a game to download or install from a disc and then have to wait another hour to install updates, the advantages are clear. But more importantly for us, Stadia just works. So who is Stadia not for? Generally, if you are a power gamer, someone who regularly puts in many hours on your console or PC and has the time to do it, then Stadia probably isn't for you. There are other platforms that may be of interest that we'll come on to later, but Stadia is probably not going to bring anything new to your world. Interestingly, if you think about the current audience, that's founders and premier account holders with Stadia, many are probably not the long-term audience that Google were originally aiming for. A lot of us signed up largely because we're fascinated by emerging technology, but almost certainly were already fairly committed gamers with either a, a console or a PC at home. Partly, this is why there's been a rift between passionately supportive Stadia users and those who think It has not met their expectations. That said, Google has played its part in not being quick enough to spell out who Stadia is actually designed for. And that's probably because at this point in time, they just want anybody playing to build momentum. But as time progresses, we'll see their marketing honing in on people like us. And also we'll see them fulfill the promises that they made in the early launches of Stadia in terms of new features, uh, which really will set it apart from the crowd. So enter stage left GeForce Now, which officially launched just a few days ago after several years in development. GeForce Now is a cloud gaming platform from NVIDIA, the manufacturer of video cards and microprocessors, and in many ways offers a similar experience to Stadia in that users get to play games in real time with little to no perceptible delay between pressing the button on your controller and the action taking place in the game. But crucially, the two platforms differ greatly in who they will appeal to. So when you subscribe to GeForce Now, you're playing on a virtual gaming PC, identical in many ways 
to the one that users probably have in their own homes. It's designed to connect to existing PC game libraries from Steam and others, and as long as you own the games in your library, you can run a copy on that virtual gaming PC and play them with all the benefits of cloud gaming. But here is where GeForce Now is probably not for you. It isn't just click and play, at least to begin with. It has a technical overhead that, for me at least, having spent the last week playing with it, I just found got in the way and marred the experience. Stadia, on the other hand, has been painstakingly designed to strip away all that techno stuff. Look at the interface on your TV or phone, and all you'll see are the games you want to play. Even stuff like screen resolution, HDR, etc., has been hidden away inside the app where most of us will not venture. It's been built for us, busy people who just want to play games. We just want it to work. So the positivity towards GeForce Now versus negativity in some areas to Stadia is, I guess, in some part the response of PC gamers who feel really comfortable in the familiar surroundings of GeForce Now's virtual PC. But I can't help but feel that for those gamers who have no problem with their hardware setup at home and, in fact, for many, building the perfect rig is part of their hobby, they just, they just may not find longer-term appeal in GeForce Now. It's also worth noting that there are some downsides to GeForce Now. Currently, it's restricted to 1080p, and for most people, that's not an issue. But if you're a PC gamer, you've got to have the best quality video card you can afford in your rig, and that's part of the setup. So that's a restriction that some may just not find palatable over time. It's really punishing as well on anything but a high-quality internet connection. I've heard reports that even on something that handles well on Stadia, it just falls apart with GeForce Now. Financially, the free account only allows you to play for one hour. And although, yeah, that's absolutely fine for casual players, if you're used to playing for many, many hours, that's going to grind on you. The paid-for version is fixed at six hours, and although only $5 right now, this is an introductory launch offer which will go up. And if you stick with it for the three-month trial period, you will be committed to pay for a year. Stadia, on the other hand, is an easy-in, easy-out solution. As far as we know, the free version due out in the next couple of months will have no time limitations, and it will run on pretty much any half-decent internet connection. Most importantly, though, it just works. No fuss, no tech, just set it up, play it, forget it. I truly believe this is what differentiates Stadia from GeForce Now and other cloud-based gaming solutions. Google are aiming at the silent majority, who just want to click and play anywhere. No doubt we'll return to this topic again many times in future episodes, but let me know what you think. I play as Rock on Stadia, and you can also get to me on Twitter, at Stadia Rocks. I also have a clan called the Rockstars, and a Rockstars Discord, which I'll link to in the show notes. Your thoughts are really important to me, so please do get in touch, and let me know what you think of the show, and Stadia in general. Before we go on, I just wanted to take a couple of minutes to thank Anchor.fm for making this podcast possible. If you're thinking of starting your own podcast, Anchor are the perfect partners. Not only are they totally free, but they provide all the tools you'll need to get up and running in seconds, and they'll even help to get you published on all the major platforms, including iTunes and Spotify. 
What's more, if you want to monetize your production, they can help there too. We're really proud to be part of the growing Anchor podcasting platform, and we really can't recommend them enough. For more information, visit anchor.fm. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Okay, next up, rock reviews. Now, normally, when a game's reviewed, it's typically done on the basis of how it stands up in the market full stop. How great are its graphics? How good is the story? Is it well-coded? Is it worth the money? Now, these are all really valid, relevant points, but I think from the perspective of a casual gamer, there are other points that we want to consider. For example, how quickly can you get into the game? Are the controls intuitive? Is the story balanced right? Is it difficult to play? Is it overly challenging? Can you save progress and pick up where you left off, or does the game force you to restart at the last save point if you have to bail? Can you progress in a relatively short space of time, or do you have to invest hours and hours to get anywhere in the game? And is the game rewarding? Do you actually enjoy playing it? These are points that I'm going to assess when I look at a game. I don't want to go into huge detail because, frankly, if you're that interested in the game, you'll probably be doing some research anyway. But I just want to give you some hints as to whether or not this is going to be worth your time. Obviously, everybody is different, and some people prefer a much more challenging game to others. Uh, For others, the type of game, if it's a platform or a first-person shooter, are more important. So I'm not going to tread on that territory. That's very subjective. I simply want to assess each game with these straight rock review objectives. Now, before I begin, full disclosure, I have played hundreds of games over the years. One, because I started my working life in the gaming industry and got to test a ton of titles. But secondly, because for the last few years I've rented all the latest games, which has allowed me to play two or more to completion every month. Now, it's true that right now the portfolio of games on Stadia isn't huge, but in fairness, unlike other platforms that are simply a PC or console instance in the cloud, Stadia uses customised hardware and software to ensure some of the amazing features that are coming soon, and in turn, this means that publishers have to either re-engineer or port existing titles, or build a separate version during development alongside the PC or console version they're working on. Now that takes time. What we do know, however, is that well over a hundred new titles are on their way, and amongst those, many of the major releases for 2020, including at least 10 that will get aired on Stadia before any other platform. In the meantime, what games there are are all great titles and offer something for just about every taste. To begin our rock reviews, I thought we'd take a look at the two free pro games released this month, Guilt from Tequila Works and Metro Exodus from 4A Games. Now, apart from sharing a dark premise, both of these games are completely different. Guilt, the first game built exclusively for Stadia, is a third-person game with a camera above and behind your character, whereas Metro Exodus is a first-person game where you see the world through the eyes of your character. Graphically, they are both beautiful, Guilt majoring on a more stylized cartoon look versus Metro's almost photorealistic approach. Now, I actually played Metro Exodus to completion on PS4 when it launched, and it took me a solid weekend. I thoroughly enjoyed it and, without spoilers, found it quite moving, with a lot of work having gone into character engagement. 
I'm only about halfway through Guilt currently, and although I'm enjoying it, it does feel more like an independent title, and so far hasn't gripped me in the same way that Metro Exodus did. So let's look at the rock review score for both titles, starting with Metro Exodus. Firstly, how quickly does the game load? Well, Metro is not as quick to load as many of the other titles that I've played on Stadia. I'd say it's roughly on a par with the version that I played on console. The initial game fires up quite fast, but when choosing to continue from a previous play, there's quite a delay while the assets load in the background. This is countered somewhat by your character reading a recap of the current status, but this can take a couple minutes, and you may want to mute your TV or browser as it gets annoying after a while. So... For this, Metro Exodus scores a bit of a casual 2 out of 5. Next, do you pick up where you left off? Metro auto-saves at key points during your progress, which has quite an obvious animation in the corner of the screen to show when it's happening. If you exit and come back to the game outside of Stadia's own unique game break pause function, you will pick up from the last place that this occurred. You can also manually save, however, and if the last auto-save point was some time back, this is recommended if you know you're about to leave the game. So, for jumping in and jumping out at the same place, it's not possible without a little forethought, and for that we'll give Metro a 3 out of 5. Next, learning curve. How easy is the game to just pick up and play? As a seasoned gamer, it's fair to say that most games follow a convention that makes it easy to second-guess how to play it. Metro follows that to the most part, but there is a whole layer of complexity beyond that that, although necessary and interesting to discover, is equal parts frustrating, and I think that this could be the biggest downside to just being able to pick up the game and play it. For making me stop and think, I'm going to give Metro a disappointing 2 out of 5. Finally, is the game rewarding to play? Will I remember it long after finishing it, or is it tomorrow's fish and chip paper, as we say here in the UK? I'm pleased to say that this is where Metro really shines. Although not a particularly long game, maybe 15 to 20 hours on the easier levels, it has an excellent story and the work invested in character engagement is superb. Having played it all the way through, I can promise the end is well worth the time to play, and months later I can still remember that emotional payoff. Metro Exodus gets a very well-deserved 5 out of 5 for this. So overall, Metro Exodus wins a very respectable 3 out of 5 as the first rock review. Now let's take a look at how guilt measures up and see how it compares for casual gaming. Firstly, how quickly does the game load? Well, guilt ultimately benefits here because overall the amount of game assets are considerably less than those in Metro Exodus. Because of that, loading into the game itself is very fast and continuing where you last left off almost takes no time at all. Guilt therefore wins hands down on this front and gets a 5 out of 5. How about do you pick up where you left off? Well, like Metro Exodus, Guilt auto-saves at key points during gameplay, but also has manual save options. The ability to pick up where you last left off, therefore, is pretty much identical to Metro Exodus, and for that it will get the same score, 3 out of 5. 
What about the learning curve? How easy is guilt to pick up and just play? Well, funnily enough, guilt has its own quirky set of controls too, in a not too dissimilar way to Metro. However, the game goes out of its way to show you what you need to do and pauses while doing it so you don't get mullered by a monster or trying to remember how you take them down. Not totally intuitive, but Tequila Works have taken this into account, so for that, guilt's a much higher 3 out of 5. How rewarding is guilt to actually play? Mm. Well, having not completed guilt yet, it's a bit unfair to judge the two games side by side. However, I haven't seen a bad review of guilt, and everyone states how moving and emotionally rewarding the game is. It deals with the very delicate subject of bullying in a sensitive and challenging way, and for that alone the developer deserves to be applauded. Guilt gets a very rewarding 5 out of 5 for this. So, ladies and gentlemen, I therefore pronounce Guilt the Rock Review Casual Game of the Week with a rocking 4 out of 5. And we lead with the news that this week's rock review subject, Metro Exodus, is about to get some brand new downloadable content on Stadia. Sam's story drops on the 11th of February at 5pm UTC. Promising a new sandbox, Sam's story will be a purchasable upgrade, pricing not known at the time of recording. Still no news just yet on when Ubisoft's Uplay Plus is coming to Stadia, although it is hoped to be sooner than later this year. However, Ubisoft did recently announce that there will be five AAA titles released this year and into 2021. Now, Given that Ubisoft have been keen to support Stadia so far, it's safe to assume that most of these will almost certainly be launching on Stadia too. Thanks to the work of Stadia Source's Dan Wheeler, this coming weekend on February the 15th, Stadia Super Saturday will launch with a full day of Stadia content creators, raising awareness of the platform, the community, and the content creators' channels. For information, visit www.stadiasource.com and look out for hashtag Stadia Super Saturday. With less than 10 days to the end of the first founder's free three-month trial of Stadia, the community is asking what next. Most have assumed by now that Stadia's free base model would have been rolled out, but this has now been confirmed as some months away. It looks, however, as if the base option will be the default for founders who don't wish to resubscribe, which will mean they will retain access to the platform but lose access to the free pro games that are part of the pro subscription. The benefits of continuing the subscription, of course, with the highest quality stream, free quality games and significant exclusive store discounts easily outweigh the monthly fee for many. And finally, if you have any news you'd like us to share that would be of interest to the wider Stadia community, please contact me on the usual channels, which you can also find in the show notes. Well, that just about wraps it up for this week. I hope you've enjoyed our first proper show. Don't forget to say hi on Twitter, that's at Stadia Rocks. And please do subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And of course, your opinions, your thoughts, even your best wishes, always welcome. Usual channels, you can find those in the 
notes. Thank you very much. Have a cracking week. Enjoy gaming. And remember, always keep your feet on the ground, but your head in the cloud.